Welcome to The Difference. I'm your host, Dan O'Donnell, alongside the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano. We sit just a couple of weeks before the all-important midterm elections. Another Federal Reserve meeting could result in more interest rate hikes just a couple of days before the midterms. And all of this is coming against a backdrop of big-time companies releasing some of the most closely watched earnings reports probably i don't think it, it it is hyperbole to say dave in the last couple of years there is a lot going on dan no question 165 companies are going to report this week out of the s&p 500 that is a significant number and as you mentioned a lot of the tech giants like microsoft and apple and google and facebook and amazon those names alone represent one-fourth of the S&P 500 index in terms of market cap. So no question that these earnings reports are going to be significant. And then later in the week, we're going to see a GDP report. And we're watching that closely, as you well know, Dan. The last two quarters have been negative, technically defined as a recession. This one, which was flat a couple of weeks ago, now showing 2.3% positive by the Atlanta Fed. So we did a little digging into that, and we're finding that the strategic petroleum reserve that are being released, that is having a positive effect on GDP. And that's the reason why you see things like what's happening in the UK, in China, that all is connected. Yeah, and what you're also seeing is that it is entirely likely that even if the GDP report is not showing three consecutive quarters of negative growth, because I saw the Atlanta Fed revised their projection, so it's probably not going to be a third consecutive quarter of right. negative growth. We did have yeah. two, which, as we've been saying for weeks now, used to be the standard shorthand definition for a recession. But, of course, uh, once it was politically uh, toxic for Democrats to admit that we're in a recession— the definition magically changed. Uh, it is looking like all signs are still pointing to a recession hitting sometime in early 2023. I guess I just mm -hmm. I can't see how we avoid one with interest rates being raised the most times right of, of any year in history. I mean, we've seen interest rates rise quicker and faster, uh, or rather faster and higher than at any point in American history. I just don't see how that doesn't send shockwaves through the business community and, and personal finance. And I think it will. We spent a lot of time looking at the data and the inversion of the yield curve. In other words, when the two-year Treasury is higher than the 10-year Treasury, that's called an inversion. Usually, interest rates, the longer you go out, the higher they go. Well, they're inverted. And we haven't seen that now since 2007. So basically 15 years, it hasn't been inverted. And every time we've seen an inversion of that 2 to 10, that shows us that you're going to have a significant slowdown or a recession. So there's a lot of data that says that 2023 is going to have negative GDP. And so that is the definition of a recession. So are we going to avoid it? Probably not. Very unlikely that uh, we get away from it. Right now, most economists are saying 75% chance there will be a slowdown. But, you know, I think people have to say, all right, yeah, things are going to slow down and the pain is going to continue. That pain index looking at things that people spend money on, 
groceries, gasoline, mortgage rates, that pain index is high. And so that is going to have what's called demand destruction. That is how you get negative GDP because two-thirds of it comes from the consumers. So you're going to have a pullback. And what does that mean? How is that going to hurt earnings is really the big question. And that's really what we're going to see come out of this next election because the economic issues are at the top of the list for voters. And it should be because... the. I mean, I, I just I, I can tell you that in terms of my own family's spending, we've got some significant uh, expenses, obviously college coming up in a couple of years. And I am concerned about, you know, look, let's face it, I work in talk radio. We are largely dependent on advertising. And what is the first thing that usually goes in a business's budget? Of course, it's advertising. What we're starting to see is some of the slowdowns in advertising already. And when you've got people like me, and I, you know, I'm not going to lie and, and say I'm not doing you know, well financially, I'm, I'm very blessed. Who knew you could uh, make a lot of money talking smack on the radio? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed it? Um, what a country. What a, what a great place to be alive. What a time to be alive. So you're seeing this slowdown and, and you're feeling it yourself. Yeah, well, we, we typically see it, yeah, we typically see it earlier. And I will admit, I am concerned about budgeting. And if I, at a very, very micro level, am concerned about the uncertainty that this is uh, putting into the system, just imagine businesses, small businesses, which are really the engine of the nation's economy, by far the nation's largest employer. It's not you know, the big boys, it's small businesses because there are so many of them. If they can't adequately prepare for what's coming, a five-year plan, a two-year plan, I can only imagine how terrifying this hike in interest rates that's likely to lead to dramatically different consumer behavior is going to have on them. And remember, all of that being true, remember that this is what the Fed is doing. They clearly understand it. In the words of Jerome Powell, he said, there will be pain. The pain that he's talking about is this, is that there's going to be more pressure on the consumer. And so the Fed is raising rates, and they are more concerned about the impact of high inflation on the middle class than the fortunes of wealthier people in their financial assets. So they do know that stock market was going to retract. They do know that real estate prices are going to come down and home sales are going to slow down. They knew that. But they're saying unless we attack the inflationary environment that we're in, partially that they created, frankly, unless they do that, it's going to hurt those people, middle Americans, far more. And that is the reason why they're going to continue to pound on this. Did they make a policy mistake, number one, by having too much quantitative easing? No doubt about it. I've said it. We've said it on this podcast. I've said it on your show. Too much quantitative easing, too loose monetary policy is going to come to roost one day. Policy mistake number one. Policy mistake number two. We saw inflation. We talked about it. In March of 2022, the year that we're in, they were still out buying mortgage-backed securities. And now they're going to try to turn around the mortgage market by raising interest rates. Policy mistake number two. Policy mistake number three is brewing right now. And that is that they're going to over-tighten, right? And so they're going to continue to raise rates. They're going to do it here in November, uh, probably again in December. And at some point, they're going to raise them so hard, they're going to put so much 
sand in the gears that they're going to slow the economy down. They could be setting us up for policy of stake number three. That could be a problem. What I would suggest, however, is even though there's going to be likely a change in political atmosphere, the stock market looks ahead two, three, and four quarters ahead. They think about future cash flows, and that's what you're paying for. They're thinking about where you can invest, and that is the reason why we saw a rally through the last several weeks. People are repositioning their portfolios as we speak. So when you're repositioning portfolios, that that often, I mean, (laughs) you talk about intimidating. I mean, there are a lot of people like me who are especially concerned because, like I always like to say, there are no idiots in a bull market or everyone's a genius in a bull market or however uh, I believe it was attributed to uh, Warren Buffett. When you're – it almost feels like – and I'm 41, so I've got a lot of time to recover this year's losses. But when you talk about, you know – repositioning your portfolio, doing this in a bear market, in a recessionary environment. I mean, it's intimidating. And this is one of the reasons I'm kind of stressed out when it comes to you know, my finances and all of that. And that's why, uh, incidentally, we do talk about getting that portfolio review, the free wealth metric at AnnexWealth.com, why it's so, so important. Uh, but Dave, you talk about you know the growth industries that are there. I want to talk very briefly, if I could. This week, we're starting to see, I think, a realization on the part of Democrats and what I would consider to be their allies in national media that it's looking more and more likely that Republicans are going to win the Senate. In fact, Nate Silver, one of the top prognosticators on the left, 538, he said uh, he's telling his friends that the Senate is a toss-up. Well, if he's saying that, it's entirely possible that Republicans are going to win three or four seats, and they have a 53-47 majority. We've been assuming for months now that Republicans get the House Does it have any real impact if they control both houses of Congress after this election? Or was it enough that the the House is sort of the bulwark against further Biden administration spending? I put a list together of a number of things that could happen that could really make a conversation constructive on equities. One of them is that the U.S. dollar stops going up. Right. And so let's watch what that happens in a Republican controlled Senate and House. What happens? And is there, for example, a ceasefire in Ukraine? That could happen. Right. And number three, and this is where I'm going with this, significant easing of U.S. regulations on fossil fuels. If you see that and you start to see that energy companies can start getting back into the business because both the House and the Senate bring something to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and he says at that point, okay, I can live with a deal, yes, then it makes a difference if the House and the Senate are both have ours on them. Because at some point, you can say what you want about Biden at today, he's a different guy than he is today than he was, he did put deals together on both sides of the aisle. Maybe when he doesn't have a chance, Dan, and I'm getting into your side of the business, Maybe when he doesn't have a choice, because the House and Senate are both Republicans, that there is a deal to be made in any one of these uh, topics that we brought up. Yeah, there is money to be made. It just is harder to find right now. (laughs) Well, energy, looking right now, you talk about what people are doing right now. Yeah, but don't you think, though, that the buying opportunity is sort of gone? No. 
Not at all. You not don't think all. so? Not. A, I'll tell you why. Is right now companies are trading today in certain areas at single digit multiples, four, five, six, and seven, and they're paying dividends. And so if you have a long-term perspective, there will be a reversion to the mean. And when you get that reversion to the mean, you're going to get these companies trading at long-term averages, 14, 15, 16, depending upon the sector. And when that happens, then you can put a higher multiple on a higher earnings and you get a valuation. I'm going to give you an example. Right now, there is a tech ETF called ARC. You may be familiar with it, but it buys technology names that are in the future, right? That are that are technology names into the future. There is more money going into that very, very risky ETF than the energy company sector as a whole. Two to three times as much. So still right now, as as I mentioned about significant easing of US regulations on fossil fuel. The energy sector still is underweighted in the S&P 500. That's just one example, and I'm not trying to give people a recommendation of what to buy because there are compliance reasons. You have to go through your own portfolio, your risk assessment, so on and so forth. But that's just one example. And so as companies that are overvalued, that are trading higher than long-term averages, they need to be brought back down because earnings will come back to reality. But those that are trading under value, they're out there right now. You've got to do the work or hire a financial advisor to help you with that and make sure it's encompassed in the plan. That's the key. You know, Dan and I, you and I talk a lot about getting a portfolio review. That's just one piece of it. When you talk about you are concerned about your own financial future, that means that you need to go through and have a plan. And you and everyone listening to this have a plan. How are you going to get through the next three and five years, not the next three months and six months? And that's most important by having a financial plan, tax planning, estate planning, college planning, all of that is all tied together. And that's why Annex Wealth Management is here. AnnexWealth.com, the website. As always, for Dave Spano, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.